0: Welcome to the Encounter Christian Church message podcast where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services To find out more about Encounter or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc We hope you enjoy this message Well good morning and welcome to Church Online. It's so glad to have you here this morning I hope you're doing well in your homes. I hope you've had a great week I hope you've been enjoying our 40 Days of Connection with us at 7 o'clock every night. If you don't know what 40 Days of Connection is, if you're tuning in for the first time, 40 Days of Connection is where we gather on Facebook at 7pm from Monday to the Saturday, and we're just bringing you all sorts of different content to help, you, uh, to help us connect during this time. So I'd encourage you to join with us during the week. We've been having a lot of fun with it. Uh, Aston and myself are really enjoying it. We've we've had some great conversations with people and uh, really enjoying the content uh, that we're delivering to you. And so we hope that you're blessed by that as well. So today we are going to be continuing our series called Identity. See, in our previous series, The Comeback Trail, we talked about what it takes to make a comeback and come back strong. See, I ended the series by saying, that uh, you know that we're back, and uh, you know, unfortunately, we then went into lockdown 2.0, and so the question was raised, you know, you know, what are we coming back to? And uh, well, the simple answer to that is that we are more than people who gather on a Sunday. See, Craig Rochelle, the senior pastor of Life Church in America, put it so well when he recently made this profound statement he said the church is not a destination it is an identity so what are we coming back to we are coming back to more than uh, just our sunday services we are coming back to who we are so today we are we are going to continue the identity series and the identity series is the answer to who we are and what we're coming back to. See, last week I kicked off the series uh, by preaching a message called Christ's Ambassadors. We talked about what it is to be an ambassador and and what it is to live as Christ's representatives here on earth. This week we're going to continue that uh, with part two, and I've entitled my message today Adopted. By the King. We're going to look at what it is to be God's children. So let's pray before we get into it today. Lord, I thank you that you love us so much and that we can continue to gather uh, in this way online, Lord, and that you know what is going on in this situation and that you are not put off by this situation. And so, Lord, today, as we come around your word, I pray that you would give uh, clarity, that you would prepare our hearts and that you would help me to speak with anointing and with precision, Lord God, that we would be transformed and changed into who you have called us to be. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are in our homes right now as we gather and watch, that you are, you are with us because you actually uh, live inside of us. So, Lord, I pray that today would be a significant moment in people's lives where we discover more about who we are in you. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles with you today, would you turn with me to Ephesians 1, verse 3 to 14, and we're going to read from there today. And it says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, ...who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ... ...in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glory, glorious grace which he freely gave us in the one he loves... In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. That's a good spot to highlight. God is in control right now. In order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. You also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Such a powerful scripture. See, here the Apostle Paul identifies that we are God's children through adoption. This is very significant because understanding what, this, what it is to be adopted gives us more insight into who we are as Christians. See, today we're going to dig a little bit deeper uh, and find out what it means to be adopted. And in doing so, we're going to just gain a, a deeper understanding of what it is to be his children. So we all know what adoption is. See, it's legally taking on someone else's child and raising it as your own. See the main motivation these days uh, for adoption is to is so that we can take someone else's child and raise them because they might not be in a great situation. Uh, but also because we just the value of being a parent and, and raising children is high. See, adoption is a powerful thing and it can change a child's life. And in biblical biblical terms, this is still true. But however, the motivation was very different. See, when the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 1 that we are adopted into God's family, we must understand that the Jewish culture didn't actually have, uh, they didn't practice legal adoption. See, Jewish culture had a process where it was the brother who, the, the next in line, who actually took the responsibility of any children who needed to be looked after, whether they were orphans or whatever the situation was. So Paul was not referring to um, Jewish culture when he was talking about adoption. He was, however, referring to adoption uh, that took place in ancient Rome, who were the rulers at the time. And he knew this because uh, the audience that he was speaking to were very familiar with this. See, the main thing we must take note of is that this was a legal process. Just like modern adoption these days, being adopted back then was recognised under law with official documents. Adoption was big in Rome with the upper class because only the eldest son uh, could legally inherit the family's estate and political status. See, back then, was, having a child was actually really hard. Uh, the conditions weren't great, and not every child survived. So in order to guarantee that the family estate and political status continued, uh, a lot of the upper class would adopt. See, the patriarch of the family would make a legally binding con- contract with the family that the son was coming from, and a substantial payment was made to that family who gave up the the child for adoption. See, the adopted child would give up everything attached to his biological family, including any inheritance, the family name, and any debts associated with that family, and would then become fully recognised as a member of his new family, and become the next heir receiving a full inheritance when the patriarch of the family died. See, this is very important to know. See, when you look closely at the language Paul uses in Ephesians 1, he doesn't just call us uh, adopted sons and daughters. He's very specific about his language. He says in verse 5 that he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. See, this highlights that we are, uh, as male and females, adopted into sonship. Paul is identifying a legal status. He is saying here that we are heirs of God. See, Romans eight seventeen says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. See, Paul shows that we have a legal uh, right to be, God's call- to be called God's children. When you and I believed and accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, we became legally adopted uh, children. And in doing so, we're given the same rights as an adopted son in ancient Rome. And we became heirs of God and co-heirs in Christ, where we will one day receive an inheritance. So what does this actually mean for us now? Well, we can actually recognise that it means our old life is completely forgotten. See, when we were adop- when you were adopted in ancient Rome, any ties to your old family were completely cut off. It was almost as if you you were never even really raised in that family. You lost your original family name, you lost any rights that were tied to that family, including any inheritance and any outstanding debts that were tied to that family. It was always a good deal for the family giving their son away because the son was then destined for a better life. See, then a down payment was made uh, to that family and then that family could actually pay back their debts as well. See, Paul understood this when he wrote about being uh, adopted children of God. He knew we were getting a better deal. See, we we are destined for a better life but more specifically, uh, our debt of sin is completely forgotten. It is wiped away. See, the Bible is very clear on the debt that we owe. See, Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. And we have all sinned. It says this in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. See, we, we have all sinned and we all owe a great debt because of our sin. But Jesus paid our debt by making a down payment for our sin. See, he laid down his life. He he went to the cross and he made the ransom payment for us. And in doing so, he paid the price so that we could be adopted into God's family. See, we take on a new family name. We leave our old family name behind and all our debts with it. See, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 to 19 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. This is such a great promise for us as God's children. See, all our debts are wiped clean and our old life is completely forgotten. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. We have a new family name. The second thing that this means for us as adopted children that Paul was talking about is that we get new rights. See, it's important to realise that when our father adopted an, a a new son into the family in ancient Rome, he was taking on the responsibility of looking after that son. See, the same goes for us as God's children. See, when God adopts us into his family, he takes on the responsibility of looking after us. See, as children, it's important that we have access to our father because it is the relationship with our Father that gives us so much of our identity. See, at a conference that I attended when I was, I was the school chaplain here at and Christian College, uh, one of the main speakers who was a leading psychologist said, uh, 80% of our identity uh, comes from the Father, which is actually really significant. And he said this because of the authority that the father carries in the family home. See, if this is the case, then we need to recognise that we need to have access to our father in order to become all that God has called us to be. See, Hebrews 4 verse 16 says, Let us then approach God... Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You see, we can boldly enter God's throne room where he sits. We can ask him for whatever we need. We can spend time with him whenever we want. We can hang out with him. We can run to him. We can approach him like a father because he is our father. See, we all have needs as God's children and we all need to approach him and we can approach him with full confidence knowing that we belong to him and that he is our father. See, we can ask whatever we need whenever we we, uh, want to because this is the relationship between a son and a father. See, Matthew 7 verse 7 to 11 says ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened to you for whoever asks receives the one who seeks finds and to the to the one who knocks the door will be opened which of you if your son asks for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will give him a snake if you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? See, we have a loving Father who loves to spend time with us and loves to meet our needs. He loves to bless us. He loves to do life with us. And we can approach him with full confidence knowing that he will never turn us away. See, perfect love casts out all fear. And we can approach him with full confidence, knowing that he has our best interests at heart. The third thing we learn about adoption and what this means for us is that we have new responsibilities. See, Ephesians 2, verse 18 to 19 says, for through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, no... Consequently you are no longer foreigners and strangers but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. See in every household there are rights and responsibilities. See we have the right to be cared for but we actually have the responsibility to do our part in that family. See it's no different in God's household We are all required to do our bit as God's children and we are expected to be contributors in his house. See, these days in our consumer way of life, you know, it's easy to neglect this part of of being a Christian, of being God's children. See, we tend to just want the benefits. But when we become God's children you know we gave god complete authority in our lives and we are required to live according to his house rules and we're required to do our bit in his house this means that we learn to do we learn what it means to be in god's house we must learn to do our bit one of the things one of the things i think has happened in modern churches uh, we have lost our sense, sense of responsibility. We've made it all about us, about what we can get out of it. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes we can tend to complain uh, about what we don't get. Especially when it comes to church, we complain about the music or the style or, you know, uh, what we're doing or not doing. You know, this can become a common uh, thing that happens in lo- the uh, life of the church. But this highlights to us uh, where we're at in terms of our position in the family and how we see ourselves. See, we must recognise that as God's children, we are called to be contributors and not just consumers. See, we are called as children to take up our cross, just as Jesus took up his. So we are called to lay down our lives and that we would do all that we can to build God's kingdom. We must do our bit. See, Matthew 16, verse 24 to 27 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. We have a responsibility to live according uh, to God's family in his household. See, Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. See, when, you be, when we become children of God, we take on everything that is involved in being a family member. We don't just uh, live to get, but we become full contributors And participants in God's family. So we are called to good works. Ephesians two, verse ten says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance for us to do. See, God has good works for all of us to do. And this is how we contribute in God's household. See Matthew 25 verse 34 to 40 says, "Then the king will say to those on his right, "Come you who are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes. And you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When, you did, the, when, you, when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes or close you? When did we see you sick or in prison? And go to visit you. The king will reply, "Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for me, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me." See, we are all part of a family, and when we uh, when we are contributing to God's family, we are actually uh, looking after those in His household. See, it isn't just about a one-way relationship with God, where He just gives us all we want. It is a two-way relationship, up and down. But it is also a relationship that uh, goes across to His His household. We are called to look after each other. We are called to do good works, where we uh, look after His other children. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ, and we are all a part of God's family. So when we look at what it is to be God's children, we can see that there is much more to this Christian life. We aren't just called to turn up on Sunday, now and again. We are required to live a life as God's uh, members of his household. You know, we do get all the rights. We get to be looked after by a loving father. We do have responsibilities. Yes, we have to be contributors. But we also have our, our sin and debt wiped clean. Our whole past is completely forgotten. And we can have full confidence knowing that we will one day receive the full inheritance that God has for us. And that inheritance is to be raised with Christ into a new body and a new earth with no sin and no sickness or death forever. See, Revelation 21, verse 1 to eight says, "Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first time, uh, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write down this, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this and I will be their God and they will be, be my children. What an amazing inheritance that, that awaits us for those who are victorious in this life, for those who live as God's children, for those who live according to his ways, and those who live by their power and authority that comes from our Father. See, we are adopted into his family and Jesus paid the ultimate price so that we could be his children. Jesus paid the down payment. He wiped away our debt and there was a legally binding contract made in heaven when we said yes to him. You see, Our name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. It has been documented. And then we have been sent the Holy Spirit, who is our seal of approval for that day. See, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us, and he is with us, and he is the one that actually, that when we get to heaven, God sees and says, yes, he is one of ours. See, I want to encourage you today. We are all God's children. And what are we coming back to? Well, we are coming back to being God's children and living as God's children according to his house and his rules. See, we have all the benefits of being his children. And we have all the responsibilities that come with being his children. And I think in this next season, it's important that we recognise who we are and step into all that God has called us to be. God is doing a new thing in this house. God is doing a new thing in his church. And I personally am excited about what he wants to do in and through you and me and his church. See, God is raising up his children to become all that he has called us to be to fully understand who, what he has done for us and who we are. See, we, uh, during this time, I believe God is increasing uh, the knowledge and understanding of who we are. He's actually bringing us back to basics. And it isn't just going to be about motivational messages, but it's actually about uh, taking on who God has called us to be and getting back to what it is to be God's children. See, we are in a new day and God is doing something new. So I would encourage you to have faith for what God wants to do in this season. Let's not just look for what we can get out of life, but let's look for uh, what it is to be God's children during this time. And I believe as we do that, we will start to see great things happen here on earth. Well, I'd love to pray for you right now. So wherever you are, would you just close your eyes and just commit this time to God? Lord, I thank you that you love us so much. Lord, I thank you that you sent your son to die for us, that you made the down payment for our sin, and that you wiped away all of our old debts, and you actually took upon yourself to become our father, and that you adopted us into your family with all the rights and responsibilities that go with us. Lord, help us to live as your children, help us to look to you as a loving father someone as we that we can trust and someone that we can boldly come to for whatever we need in our times of need lord god lord we look to you and we give you our confidence and our strength today and we lean on you for our full identity lord strengthen us today and lord strengthen our relationship with you today Lord I declare a new day over this church over the church over your children and I declare children who grow into mature adults Lord God knowing what it is to live in your household Lord I thank you for what you've done and what you're doing and what you're going to do help us to live as those who are living for eternity Lord God and help us to love your children and bring many more children into your household. Help us to be conduits of your love and of your grace, Lord God. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to take communion this morning. And if, uh, if you've got your communion there, you know, communion is a very significant thing because it actually recognises what God did for us. It's a very special moment to recognise that Jesus actually died and paid the price for our sin. See, this represents his blood and his body that was broken on the cross when he died. This is actually the down payment that we are recognising for our sin this is the payment for our debt, the debt that we could not actually pay ourselves. And so today, as we take communion, we're just going to take a moment to recognise that our sin has been washed away. So if you have your communion with you today, would you just eat the bread, the cracker, and just remember that what Jesus did for us? through his broken body. and If you've got your, your juice there that represents Christ's blood that was poured out for us, would you just drink now and remember what this blood means? that it was the down payment for our debt. So let's drink together. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you died on the cross for us, that you sent your son Jesus, and that you came in the form of a man and you laid down your life, and you went to the cross and you paid the price for our sin, that sin that we could not pay for ourselves, that debt that was uh, beyond us, Lord. And in your grace and in your love, you made a way for us to be reconnected back to you. So, Lord, we thank you today and we celebrate what you've done and the new life that we live as your sons and daughters. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To stay in touch with Encounter, follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us on Facebook at encounter.shepperton.